Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- a bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies. Comfort. 
from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. It would have been really easy to be like, I'm happy for you. Yes. Have you ever considered just literally shutting the up? Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is a version of Bachelor Clues who feels very much like he understands what Jared Iaconetti went through very recently when Tom Brady retired. <laughs> because tonight, my favorite player of this season was retired. <laughs> Not through means of her own, though. I'm very sad about it. Of course, we're talking about Christina, Christina Mandrill. And so in order to get through... I'm absolutely devastated. Me too. This is the most shocking thing that's occurred to me in a long time. And in order to get through this episode, I will be self-medicating. Bear with me. If I go <laughs> off the rails, it's not my fault. I mean, the game has taken a lot of things from us mm. over the years. But tonight mm. tonight feels like like reopening an old wound for me. It it really it really did and I felt betrayed. But I will say, I don't think it was the game's fault. I don't think this was the producers being bad producers. I think this was all Mandrell. We'll get to it in the recap, but this was her own fault. We will get to it in the recap. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Uh, what? We'll get to it. Okay. Let's not get into a whole fucking like hour-long debate before we even start frame one. But before we get to our breakdown of tonight's big game, and there's a lot that happened in this game. God, there's so much that happened in this game. We have reflections of Goldini. We have an overnight date before the fantasy suites, which has a rich history, which we will be getting into. We have some IFIs. We'll be reading from uh, our book about IFIs because it seems like some players read the book. I just love the football dates. Of course. The football group date. It's it's got, you know, certain staples of it and they're so they're so good. I agree with you 100% and we'll be covering all of that, but before we do, we must remind you that we are on Bookwatch. We now know that high-level players in this very season were caught by producers reading copies of the book that Pace Case and I wrote, How to Win the Bachelor. We don't know if it's going to be shown in document or not, but we are watching. We are waiting. We are now into the third episode of season 27, and we have not yet seen the book, but we have seen in the promos. There are going to be four TWR attacks. People are here only for Instagram and personal gain. Mm. Oh, you still have hope. Yes, I do. They're leaving the mansion, which is why I don't have hope. One of the two reasons I'm completely devastated tonight. Listen, they can cut this to you any way they want. Players can also bring up these four TWR attacks later in the season if it if it is more befitting. We don't know. I'm going to be on book watch until the final frame rolls. Obviously, I'll never stop being on book watch. Right. Even next year, you're like, maybe they'll <laughs> cut in footage from last season into this season just for the book. We'll find out, but we're on book watch, and we also must tell you before we begin this breakdown that Courtney Robertson's new podcast, Off Contract, is going to have a new episode out this week, and we hope you will tune into that. We're going to be airing it here in our feed, but she also has her own feed for Off Contract, so you should go there, follow her, uh, so that you get all those episodes, because once her initial mini-series run of 10 episodes is over, we are not going to be putting it in our feed anymore. The only place she'll be able to get that is in her feed. And she has some great guests coming up. You want to be in her feed. 
Yes. When she asked Ashley Iaconetti if she thought Kelsey Poe killed her husband, <laughs> I, that was it for me. I almost died in that moment, and that was that was almost the last moment of my life. So hopefully there will be more moments like that coming up very soon in her next episodes. But uh, I have no doubt that there will be. <laughs> she has hinted to me that there's little things in her tea cellar that she's keeping and she's just going to dribble them out. And I was like, I I can't wait. Cannot <laughs> wait to hear it. And we hope you will tune in as well. And now, Pace Case, let's do what we came here to do. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present... Analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Here we go. Episode 3 of Historic, A Bachelor Season 27, began tonight. And we see tonight on The Bachelor, somebody's spending the night skydiving. Zach is shirtless. There are going to be fights. Mandrell is going to produce tears. Mandrell is going to need help. And we see Mandrell laying on the, shall we just call them the Tierra Lacazi stairs? Uh, crying <laughs> in homage to Lakazi herself, perhaps? Yeah, there's a plaque to Lakazi on those stairs. I mean, that to me is the first reflection of Goldini's season. It just echoes. Oh, there's a lot of Goldini in this one. <laughs> I know. I mean, look, fuck, let's just get to it. Fuck it. All right, portion one begins. Here we go. Morning. Zach is showering. We open on a semi-nude shower cross. This is exactly what they did with Goldini. They really used Goldini's nudity to full effect in season 17. They had him shirtless as much as they could. They made him do it on the visiting parties. Yeah. Visiting the sororities. They made him do a forced nudity play. I I literally thought I had turned on the wrong episode. I was like, wait, they're having him shower again? He's going to take 100 showers this season. I think you're going to see so many showers. You'll be sick of showers. That's why I take baths. <laughs> because of Goldini? <laughs> no, I was just kidding. But we see Shawcross's legs in the shower. That is a new shot. I don't believe we ever oh. saw Goldini's legs. I don't believe we ever saw Underwood's legs in the shower. So congratulations. Spicing it up a little. We see then... Shawcross ITMs that he feels at peace with all of his amazing connections and these beautiful women, and he's trying to find a best friend. Best friend watch goes up to a count of one. I took uh, <laughs> notes this episode about how many times best friend was mentioned. This is the first time. So This is now a watch podcast. We got dude watch. We got best friend watch. We got book watch. I got all kinds of watches going on. I'm a watchful person, and this is the first time he said best friend. So in order to find his best friend, of course, he has to place a call to Goldini. So he FaceTimes Goldini to tell him that it's the start of week three and there's 17 women. So he's laying out the structure of the game for Goldini who could care fucking less. But he says he's fe he's feeling good and it's working. Goldini has been kidnapped. He <laughs> he's in like a white, like markingless room. He has been kidnapped. And that is <laughs> he only gets to make calls to Zach for to give him bachelor advice. But Goldini tells him that ultimately your best match is going to be your best friend. Best friend watch goes up to two. Then we even see Catherine pops in with one of their golden children. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's impromptu. Catherine wandering in with the baby. You have to see what the prize is, and that's what it is. He's got the wife. He's got the kid. We then cut to the mansion. DLP is there. Again, with his age on screen. I don't know why they do this. Right? What is going on? I don't know. 
But they did it again. They didn't do this to DLH. Never. Are you kidding me? DLH is eternally 29. Then we see DLP forcing the players to go through their post-game breakdown. How do you feel? Blah, blah, blah. Zach feels something with each and every one of you, he says. DLP then says there's going to be three dates in this game. Two incredibly romantic one-on-ones and a very large group date. Uh, the first date won't be today. That's because it's tonight. He leaves the date card on the table and Allie reads it. And or sorry, Ali ITMs that she has a spark. She wants the one-on-one. Brooklyn reads the date card and Katie uh, gets the date card. It says, I want a love for the ages. The other players say they're happy for her. She ITMs how excited she is to see uh, what he has planned. He has nothing planned. The producers have planned this all, of course. Katie, when she gets this date card and learns that she gets this one-on-one this week, she produces what she calls... Literal tears of joy, and this was my play, 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 play of the game. A student of the Brandon Jones game heard of it. You produce four TRR tears because of your four TRR feelings. Okay, I loved this play by Katie. It kind of summed up her kind of good girl energy that she brought to this whole episode. Extreme 4TRR, unquestioning. And because of that, I believe that she didn't get the flack for her having the overnight date. Interesting. You think the 4TRR tears in response to getting the first one-on-one somehow pre-placated the second audience so that they did not attack her or see any kind of target on her back when she comes back the next morning. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. Totally possible. It was not my play of the game, but you have convinced me it was a very good play. Then Zach takes her out. They head out into greater Los Angeles in a limousine. And this is going to be a natural history museum overnight camping date. They cheers in the backseat of this limo. He tells her the date's going to shock her. He ITMs that it's been fun and exciting with her and they had an early connection. Uh, the early connection he's probably referring to is her limo exit, which was a standee in which she complimented the size of his penis. So this date (laughs) is going to be so exclusive and private, she has no idea what she's getting herself into. I love your steel trap mind clues. (laughs) No, I'm literally fucking researching her grids and shit. You have no idea. Just wait. Just, Just wait. I got so much. I got so much in this episode. I can't fucking wait to deliver. So he gives her, he takes her to the front of this nice building. He tells her he has a key. They go in. It's a natural history museum. Time on her tradition. Clayton Eckerd was taken on one of these dates by Michelle Young, a bachelor at season uh, 19 or 18, sorry. They look at some dinosaur bones. Remember those dino bones. Katie then ITMs that she is somebody who loves experiences. I think that uh, goes without saying. That's all human beings. But she says she has never done anything romantic in her life. I found this a, a bold statement. This is a... It is very bold. <laughs> yeah, it's a version of a PVC, personal virginity card. We're not talking about actual virginity. We're not talking about kissing. We are talking about romance, though. She is a romance virgin here. Can I tell you why this is a risky play? Please. Two words. Claire Crawley. Mm-hmm. Four words. Prom gate. <laughs> yeah. Claire Crawley said, never been to prom, and then the internet surfaced a photo of her at prom. And if you're saying you never had a romantic date, mm-hmm. pretty easy to produce pictures of that. Crawley saying she never went to a prom can be easily disproven. That's a factual statement. If you have a picture of yourself at a prom, you fucking lied. Here she's just saying, I've never had a romantic date. I don't know what that means to her. 
It's subjective enough that she could skirt around the issue, I think. That's a good that's a good point. Okay, so uh <laughs> they go in here. They use lanterns to wander this museum. I love this date, by the way. I think this is like a, such a fun one. I absolutely agree. And we end this first portion with a commercial that has the Aya Kinetis interviewing Ashton Kutcher about his new rom-com with Reese Witherspoon called Your Place or Mine. The fucking Aya Kinetis are killing it. They are crushing the game. God damn it. I mean, <laughs> they're, with, they're getting a million views on their Tom Brady video. I know. Then they're interviewing Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. They're elevating. Check out our Twiven. We we discussed that uh, last week. They're elevating to insane degrees, but portion two begins. It's night. We're back at the mansion. Mandrell is telling the second audience that whoever gets the other one-on-one is going to be blown away. Knock, knock. Greer ITM's nervousness. She hopes she gets the one-on-one. Mandrell reads the date card. It is not the one-on-one. It is the group date. It says there are no rules in the game of love. We already know from the promo this is going to be forced violence. Football uh, on this group date are... Ariel, Mercedes, Kylie, Anastasia, Christina, Bailey, Genevieve, Brooklyn, Brianna, Jazz, Catherine, Davia, Gabby, Charity, and Greer. This is not the biggest group date in history. This is 15 players. The biggest was actually in season 25, Matt James, that saw 18 players head out into the woods to compete in a wedding dress paint balloon war as they were photographed by the incomparable Franco LaCosta. <laughs> Love, Franco. You are bringing it tonight. You got no idea. I love that this date card reads, there are no rules in the game of love in the season in which the rule book on the game of love was read during the filming of. It's almost as if producers saw a player reading the literal rule book to the game of love and then said, fuck you, we're going to write this date card just to troll us. I think that's what's happening here. Mm. Back on that one-on-one, we see Shawcross eating some dinner with Katie in front of what? Dino Bones. Katie tells him that he's genuine and down to earth and she's never experienced anything romantic. This has taken her from zero to 100. She never thought she'd be sitting there feeling the way she does. This is a love level one, in my opinion. He tells her it's mutual, love level one, and he delivers a wide-eyed romantic faceplate here. Not my faceplate, the game. He knows what he's really looking for. A best friend. Best friend count three. (laughs) What are you looking for? He says, and she says, from her past relationship, she knows what she doesn't want. She was vulnerable with her last relationship for seven years on and off, but it was toxic. This is a heartbreak PTC here, and it took a toll on her big time. Uh, It made her put her guards up. This is exactly how you play a PTC. Made her question her self-worth. Wall play. Yeah, you do a PTC, a wall, and what you learned. And she's saying she what she learned is she wants to feel safe. Someone who won't run away when things get hard. Produces tears here so you know it's for TRR. She just wants a good man. She just wants the basics. Somebody to treat her right. And Zach says, you deserve more than the basics. I find it baffling that no one has treated you better. You deserve five-star dates. Something like this is right up your alley. There was no question in his mind that she should have this date. Although producers were the one who arranged that, of course. And all he can ask is for her to take the risk and see if it works. And so she does. He says he's giddy, getting butterflies, another love level one, a kiss. And Katie ITMs that Zach is a dream come true. She's on cloud nine, literally. She can see him being her best friend. That's best friend mention number four. And she could be his, which is crazy. But if she's crazy, so be it. He picks up that rose, gives it to her, and says he doesn't want the night to end yet. Would you like to spend a night with, spend the night here with me? She accepts. He takes her to a little setup where there's some camping gear. He ITMs that he wants to feel like 
Uh, he wants her to feel like she deserves this because she does. She's so special. And he tells her there's pajamas. They get into the pajamas. They're racing around the Natural History Museum at night. Past some dino bones. Remember that. Mountain goats, hippos. They're taking pictures of themselves. He's carrying her around. Those mountain goats. Oh. Zach oh. to make a noise like a mountain goat. And that's why this unalive mountain goat is not strutting its stuff, but you could picture how it might strut its stuff back in the day was my <laughs> creature of the week. <laughs> Loved these goats. It was a strong creature. I won't deny you that. I love when our bachelors make animal noises. Yeah. Bob Guinea famously made a dolphin noise every time he laughed. That was Bachelor season four, of course. Gin Gin. You know, these were great. These mountain goats were fantastic. I won't fault you that. However, this entire segment, this entire sequence, all of the running through the Natural History Museum, all of the different creatures we see, it culminates in Shalcross and Katie coming to rest for a kiss directly in front of the dino bones. And these dino bones were my... <laughs> Creature of the week. <laughs> these creatures died millions of years ago so they could be resurrected here in our beloved game at this very moment to kick off the first overnight date that we have seen in a very long time. Now, I'll give you a brief history. It's not the first one. I know many people think it is. I know we've heard people involved with the franchise saying that it is, that it's historic. It's not historic. Know your fucking history. Here's your history. No, I thought it was an homage. <laughs> yes, so that's exactly what I thought. But no, they're, they're billing it as the first time this has ever happened. The first time it ever happened, at least in the Bachelor franchise, was season eight, Travis Stork. This is week two. It's a group date on a yacht. It had Sarah Stone, Moana Dixon, Tara Hoff, Jahan Hulisay, Shiloh McCasson. Sorry if I'm pronouncing any of these names wrong. Uh, they all stayed on a yacht with Travis Stork that night. Then in season nine. Did Moana get a villain edit? I believe she did, if I remember right. Yeah, I think so. Season nine, Lorenzo Borghese, week two. Uh, they go to a historic monument and wine tasting. Jeanette Paula, Desiree Valentine, Jennifer Wilson, Lisa Blank, Gina Clark, Sadie Murray, all stayed overnight on this group date. Week two. We then go to season 13. Mesnian era begins with who? Mesny, Jason Mesnick. Week three. Molly Mullaney goes on a home cooking, camping date with him where she spends the night. This, of course, also in season 27, that was a camping date. I agree with you. Homage. They give him a tent at the end of the show. Yeah. As a callback. Yeah, you, here's a, a tent for you, a, a prize. And famously, Jake Pavelka, season 14, one of the most notorious villain bachelors of all time. Uh, in week four of his season, it is a two-on-one overnight date with Vienna Girardi pitted against Gia Oleman. In a castle, I think. Yeah, it's down in like the bowels of a, a winery. At any rate, uh, this is the rich history of the overnight date before Fantasy Suites. This was not history-making tonight. Just a piece of the history, of the legacy. So, we see that uh, 
They are going to spend the night together. Back of the mansion, the other players are wondering when she's coming back. And on the one-on-one date, we see them zip up the tent and the lights go out as Katie is ITMing tears. Uh, or sorry, Cat. They're, they're now calling Catherine Cat, which is so fucking confusing. A strange, unexplained name change. But there already was a cat in this season. I know. The, the greatest bass player. It's so fucking confusing. But this is a cat with a K. Yeah. Uh, Katie in this date is doing such subtle 4TRR good girl play. It's pretty textbook. She's talking about being on cloud nine. She's producing tears. She's playing this heartbreak toxic X PTC. Even when she gets the rose, she kind of like smells it like a giddy little like child. And it's like this full on pretending basically you're in a monogamous relationship and none of the other stuff exists. And you're like absolutely enamored and in love. It was very well played. And also like pushing the beds together because they had these little twin beds expertly done. And I mean, consummation is implied here. You get both the tent zipping up Mm -hmm. and the lights turn off in the end and the beds being pushed together. It is being implied here. Uh, We don't get any more information about that over the course of this episode, but the implication is there. But I agree with you. She played this one-on-one date pretty well. Nothing to blow your socks off here. All very textbook. Um, You know, I, I didn't get a strong sense of her personal style in the play, but a good player. You know, she she got through it. She got the rose. What else can you do? Yeah, I feel like we kind of saw two good girl one-on-ones this week. And I feel like Katie's was stronger to me. Yeah, but I agree. Portion number three. Oh, by the way, the overnight date works to stress out the other players. Cat produce, new cat produces tears. And mm-hmm. uh, Greer says, if it's intimate, I don't want to hear about it. And intercut with the moving together of the beds. Portion number three begins with a casting card. Dark Lord Palmer says, are you a single dad looking for a partner? Sign up to join our next season of The Bachelorette. What is this? Is Mandrell the next Bachelorette? Yeah, I think so. Why are they giving her a villain edit then? They didn't have a fucking choice. We'll get to it. She fucked herself. She fucked herself. What else could they do? I I think they gave her the best edit they could. I I don't know. She had a group tattle and a kamikaze group tattle at that. Just the weight of it at this point. I mean, we're, let's just get to it. Yeah. We'll get to it when we get to it. But now, fuck it. Let's just say it now. At this point where we are in the history of the game, how it's played, you can't get the fucking ire of like three other players in week three. You can't do it. Later stages of the game, perhaps. Maybe your first audience game gets strong enough that that, uh, the lead would be like, ah, fuck it, I'll keep you around. Maybe your third audience game is strong enough that the producers are just going to fucking like ram you through no matter what. But here, it's too early. Shawcross can't fucking have her still in the house. He's got to get rid of her. That's how it's played now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Courtney Robertson. That We ain't in that era no more. That's never going to happen again. And and I'm sorry to say this. Sorry to say this. Mandrell, as good as she is, she ain't no Courtney Robertson. I just think... I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it. Okay. 
We see the morning. Katie's suitcase is still there. Anastasia's on suitcase watch. People <laughs> making smoothies. Uh, now the players have their own watches. Oh, God. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Everyone's watching. This is the watcher episode. Uh, Mandrell says that's scary. And she ITM, she's lost the momentum. Katie comes back in the pajamas with the rose and she just goes into the fetal position. I'm so tired right now. I have no brain power. Try to avoid the questions. And says they had a fun night at the museum. Very romantic. And Gabby even says, did you get any sleep? And she's like, nope. Perfect fucking play. This is high-level manipulation of the second audience. Yes. Because she is essentially protected by the process. Zach asked me to stay with him. This is what the date was. I didn't have a choice in it, but I did not get any sleep. Take that to mean whatever you will. I'm not going to expound on it. I'm too tired. I'm about to fall asleep. Yeah. I fall to the stairs. And Gabby even says, you essentially had a fantasy suite at the museum. They understand what this means. Oh, Gabby is a student of this game. You can tell. She might have read a book or two. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. Look, at this point, I think everyone has read the book. I don't think that's actually true, but it feels <laughs> like it's true. <laughs> I don't know who, who actually read the book, but when I heard her say this, I was like, all right, she knows her shit. Uh, anyway, we then get... Um, this group date. It's forced violence, tackle football. We're also going to learn to play for time. We're also going to learn it's celebrities. Uh, and it's the Bachelor Bowl 5, a time-honored tradition in our beloved game. So we open this date with Zach flipping this football around in a football stadium. He ITMs that he played for nine years, and he's excited. He tells us that football is like love. It takes heart and passion and guts. <laughs> They always fucking try to <laughs> force these things in here. Today, we're going to be driving race cars. Race cars are just like love. Uh, so the players jog into the stadium, which, by the way, looks like it's a high school field, not an NFL stadium like we're used to. Plenty of these other Bachelor Bowls and many other football games have taken place in literal NFL stadiums, like season 24, for example. I did not notice. What? You didn't notice? <laughs> They're sitting in fucking bleachers. They had a lot of people in the stands. I don't know. <laughs> those were probably like parents of the kids who play on that high school team, wherever that is. I don't know. No, I think those were people in the pit. Yeah, that could also be. Come watch a group date and whatever. We see the players running up to Shallowcross. Davia wins this foot race to get first hug. No hooju here. Wasted opportunity. I think Davia is a reader. I do too. And then we see Shawcross ITMing that everything's got high energy. And as he's giving everyone hugs, he asks generally, did everybody get a hug? Somebody says, not me. And he laughs in embarrassment and sticks his tongue out. And it is narrow. Like an eagle's tongue screeching at the top of his lungs, flying over our great country. And this tongue sticking out in embarrassment was my... Face play of the game. It was very strange. The tongue is so narrow. Clue showed me the yes. photo. Very strange. He was doing a lot of face play tonight, by the way. I took some other pictures of him, but this one took the cake for me. And now that we don't have Cat to deliver outrageous face play, 
We got to take it where we can get it. Now it's a real contest. Yes. I love this uh, tongue play that he did here. We see two NFL legends, Sean Merriman and Antonio Gates. And one of them played for the Chargers, I think. I'm wearing a Chargers jersey for this recording in honor of our beautiful co-sport, the NFL. Yep. I think the Super Bowl should start getting moved for bachelor nights, though. So that's my main problem with the NFL and the CTE. <laughs> yes. Speaking of CTE, they're, the players are going to be competing in a full game of tackle football. And it's a play for time. So you're going to get as much CTE as possible in a PFT. Mm-hmm. Losers go home, no after party. And we see all of some reactions and ITMs from various players. Uh, Mandrell's telling us that she's been doing CrossFit since she was 11 years old. I'm like, is that legal? I don't know. I don't think you should be like lifting heavy weights when you're oh, that small. No, I think it was a joke. Uh, we see Brianna say she has no athletic skill. Greer's ITMing uh, a reminder that this is a play for time. Zach runs down a sideline. He's greeting a bunch of these fans that are just inexplicably there with signs. Zach is a snack. Jesse's girl. That was my favorite sign, Jesse's girl. Speaking of Jesse, we see DLP sitting at a little table with Sports Center announcer Hannah Storm. She has 96.5K Instagram followers. And they're sitting behind a Bachelor Bowl 5 trophy. They're going to be calling the game. And then we see... This was my favorite part of the episode. Me too. What I'm about to describe right now. We see a fucking package that these... Producers and editors have cut together that gives us basically the history of the fucking Bachelor Bowl. This is what I'm talking about, guys. You did it. This is exactly what you fucking need. I cannot commend whoever's idea this was, whatever producer, whatever editor worked on this. You fucking did this perfectly. This is exactly it. I loved it. And then we see a high school band on the field. uh, And then after that, we see the teams. Wait, sorry, sorry. Before we get too far. Uh, I also loved this Bachelor Bowl package. The tackle football is always one of my favorite uh, traditions of the sport. Last week uh, during Twibbon, Catherine and I were discussing how millennials are super into nostalgia. And this mm. bringing all these flashbacks of all the games, like JoJo's in season... Becca, Clayton, we see Tammy Sad, Shanae's kiss in return for the IFI. I loved it. I feel like it's an appreciation for the game itself. And I want to see more packages like this. Yes. We talk about this constantly. Have some fucking respect for the thing you're making. And this at least gives you the illusion that they do. I know they think it's jokey, that it's the Bachelor Bowl or whatever, but it ain't. Mm -hmm. It is an important piece of this fucking show now. And the fact that you're doing different iterations of it and giving trophies and shit, it is a a beautiful piece of the sub game. And when we cut out, we see the yellow team taking the field. It's the Shall Crushers. And we get another brilliant fucking piece of graphics. On screen, in a little box, you see the Shall Crushers with all members of the team in text. Mercedes, Genevieve, Gabby, Jess, Brianna, Anastasia, Davia, 
This is exactly what I'm talking about. So often when they have sporting events, you don't know what the fuck's going on, who's winning, who's even on which team. Here, they do a very good job of cutting this game together and telling you who's on the team. We see the same thing for the blue team. And they put their names so big on their helmets this time. I've never noticed that before. I think it's new. I loved that. I agree. This is the best The Bachelor Bowl has ever fucking been. Keep doing this. Improve on it. But don't go backwards. Bigger, more people in the crowd. It just like adds to the drama. It adds to the IFIs when there's like when you really do it up and then people are going to be more competitive when they feel like there's a huge audience. And if I may, when haven't you may <laughs> the next bachelor bowl <laughs> should take place in an NFL stadium and be a full game of tackle football that lasts for three hours. You sell tickets to it and you make it a true event. Yes. Thank you. I'm on board. Speed agree. So we see on the kickoff, Anastasia plays an IFI. And Charity ITM's worry that this game is not going to continue because of it. And we end portion three as an ambulance pulls up to the field. Portion four begins. Anastasia uh, just sits up and is like, I'm good. So this was a fake injury. Brooklyn ITM's that she's milking the injury. And Hannah Storm. The ESPN Sports Center announcer says she thinks Anastasia is the big winner, in quotes, because her IFI got her time with Zach, but she looks fine to me. And Hannah Storm, for her recognition of the power of the IFI, was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno bystander of the week if i may when haven't you may i'm gonna read a page <laughs> from the book that some players this season have also read it's on page 135 this is a subchapter called ifi the IFI play should be familiar to anyone who has ever used the excuse of a malady, real or imagined, to avoid attending work, school, or a social gathering. This standard counterplay involves using the excuse of an injury, fear, or illness as the basis to exempt yourself from whatever the activity at hand might happen to be. When used properly on a group date, the IFI can not only save a player from the potentially costly results of physical or psychological trauma, but it can also generate one-on-one -on -one time with the bachelor himself. We literally wrote it. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me. Clues, bringing it, watch, number two. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You're really bringing it to tonight. You said you would and you have been. I'm going to be bringing it all season. But we then watch as this game is cut together well. We see the yellow team goes up. We see the blue team goes up. We see Gabby peeing her pants. <laughs> Loved this piss play. I want to see more piss play all season. I know you're a big piss play fan. And we obviously know Ashley Iaconetti is perhaps the best piss player of all time. But here, mm -hmm. Gabby is taking a page out of the Iaconetti piss play handbook. And she does it here on the field. At halftime, we get a tie. We see Mandrell is throwing blocks on Davia. We see Bailey scores a touchdown. You know, Courtney Kardashian is a piss player. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Constantly. Uh, ultimately, in the end of this, the blue team wins. DLP presents them with a the trophy. Zach hugs the yellow team as Mercedes ITMs how shitty it is that they have to go home because they left it all on the field. 
And we see Brianna ITMing that her team plays so hard. This isn't fair. Produces tears. The blue team celebrates with champagne and fans running onto the field. And then Gabby ITMs being disappointed. She gave it her all and she is heartbroken. Gabby getting a lot of ITMs. Um, we now are left with the question. Anytime there's a place for time on a, a group date, mm -hmm. you're always left with the question, is the bachelor going to uphold the play for time mm -hmm. or invite the losers to the after party? Or will also the producers help one player from the losing team crash the after party? Mm -hmm. Will there be an MVP player who gets to go? Yeah. Or will he be a benevolent bachelor like Ari Leyendijk being like, everyone can go to the after party. Um, but then we find out in portion five, we are at the after party. And indeed... This is a pure... Pure PFT. Play for time. Love to see it. There ain't nobody crashing. There ain't no losers showing up to this. They head to Clifton's Cabinet of Curiosities, and uh, they get that group date underway. Love that location. I do, too. More dead creatures. <laughs> this is the dead creature episode, isn't it? It truly is. Zach enters. Christina Mandrell gets the first one-on-one -on -one time. Sits with legs in his lap. Great play. She says, I never played football or had a team experience, so it meant a lot to be included. I'm scared and trying here. Zach, it's so fucking hard. Trust in what we have. We're getting to know each other. You and I are really closer than some others, and nothing is guaranteed. And Mandrell's like, real is what we're after. I understand that. They kiss. She's ITMing that it's so validating. What they what she feels is real. And we then cut to the losers. Brooklyn, we gave it our all. Uh, we cut back to Mandrell. She says, we don't, or Ariel says she feels guilty competing with those that we're close to. And Mandrell says, we don't need to feel guilty. I came for myself. I had the first one-on-one. -on -one. It's more chill, more real, but it's fun being on a date oh. with y'all. She starts this downward spiral. That, this is the beginning of the end for her right here. You can feel it coming. I came here for myself. Ugh. Heartbreaking. Oh, you can almost feel the. I didn't come here to make friends. It's it's there. It's just lingering in the air. You're waiting for her to say it. She says it. Yeah, eventually she does. But this is where you get yeah. the first inkling that they're cutting her to that angle. Yeah. And then we see Charity gets a one on one, and he opens with a "How you doing?" I was devastated when I saw the trailer. Even her getting a villain edit, I was like, no. I agree. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about OneSkin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the SkinSafe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES 
After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy. .co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues, underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the, the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes mm. and there's no rhyme or reason to them y- you got ones that are super old uh different brands etc you don't know what to expect but now i have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies and now i want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to i'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com roses. That's meundies.com roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Meundies. Comfort. From the outside in. Um, but Charity basically explains it's hard living with everybody in the house. There are certain things she doesn't want to hear. She's trying to stay in her lane, but she's happy. He had a sense of peace on the group date. He says he loves her laugh and her effort on the group date made him feel special. He says, I'm a big fan, which to me is a kiss of death. That's like good on paper. Nonetheless, she gets mm. a kiss here. I don't believe she'll go long in the game. He ITMs that she has a special presence. In my opinion, again, that's good on paper. Back at the mansion, the losing team is discussing their injuries and soreness. Knock at the door. Group date, or the, uh, sorry, the date card arrives in a box with a bow. Allie, are you ready to fall in love? She opens the box to find a wedding dress. Anastasia ITMs jealousy. Greer ITMs that she wishes it was for her. Back on that after party, the players discuss how they all want the GDR. Mandrell keeps talking about her one-on-one date here. And Mandrell <laughs> continuing to talk about her one-on-one is the first half of my era of the game. I'll get to the second half in just a moment. But Brooklyn basically says, be respectful. If she if she uh, hears Mandrell talk about her one-on-one again, she's going to lose her mind. 
seems malicious to keep talking about it. Mercedes gets a one-on-one time and a kiss. Bailey steals from Mercedes here. ITMing she needs validation. Remember, in the contemporary game, no steal can happen without a producer expressly making it happen. You literally cannot perform them without producers orchestrating it. You might be able to make a deal with a producer. Hey, I need some time. What can I do to get it? It's kind of been the kiss of death here. We see this one from Bailey, and we saw the other one, the exact same thing happen. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Bailey steals from Mercedes, and she ITMs this needing of validation. And then she basically says in her one-on-one time, she's feeling super weird about the whole situation. Never say that. They had their first connection, and she felt excited, but now it feels like it's regressing. Never say that. And Zach says, yep, doesn't feel like the same spark. Baby! But not before. Ariel comes over to do a steal right before they can really get to the meat of this conversation. So the producers are dragging it out here. And uh, Ariel's like, he tells her that she loves to have fun. And then they kiss. That's what he's noticed about her, don't we all? (laughs) And then Bailey ITM some tears that Zach wasn't hearing her or understanding her. We come back to the same thing in portion six. Bailey is producing tears in the shadows, a roller coaster of emotions. She's ITMing about confusion. And uh, Zach is talking to a fiendish producer hiding in the shadows. (laughs) And Bailey comes up, sent in by another producer to steal Shawcross from this producer, which I found interesting. But I think they probably did that to isolate Shawcross. So they send in a producer and say, isolate Shawcross. We got to get him alone. Then we're going to send in Bailey so they can have the moment where he dumps her. That producer that Mm. Shawcross is talking to is probably telling him, Bailey's about to come over. You got to dump her. So we then see the dump. Uh, Bailey gets this one-on-one time. She wants to see where she is, reassures him that she wants to be there, needs this validation. Uh, And this is terrible. This was a massive error here. If she would have just laid low and not done any of this, she probably could have floated for another two or three games. But he basically says, "I I don't know in my gut. She gives him the out here. Yeah. And this benevolent execution that Shawcross does on Bailey here was my Goldini moment of the episode. Interesting. Okay. Sean Lowe's season had a lot of benevolent executions. He didn't get rid of a lot of people at rose ceremonies. And we have a couple here. And I feel like that's kind of like trying to create that season. I feel like they're really Mm. trying to go exactly along that path. That's interesting that you chose that as your Goldini moment and not the moment where he's literally talking to Goldini and his family. (laughs) By the way, I have a Goldini moment that is also not the FaceTime. I like mine to be Easter egg Goldini moments. Oh, I got you a fucking Easter egg Goldini moment coming right up. Get ready. This is my Clues is on Fire moment number three. (laughs) So... So he basically kicks Bailey off. She tells all the other players she's going home. They're all sad. They hug her. Brooklyn ITMs at senior go home, makes her question her own connection with Zach. The other players all talk about how crazy it is. Mandrell says, although it's sad because she's our roommate, that's inevitable. And she's just digging this error hole. Mm-hmm. This is so hard for me to fucking watch because she's such a high-level player, except in the second audience game, hmm. which is crucial in the early phases of the game. You can almost get rid of your second audience game once you get into playoffs, but getting up to playoffs, it is still as important as the other pieces, and we will find that out very soon. But It's wild because the, the burying of the hatchet felt real, but then, yeah. then it keeps going, and we see 
charity ITM. We're all ex- we're all exhausted with Christina Mandrell. It's actually awful. We see Zach say Bailey went home tonight. She was looking for validation. I couldn't give to her. I can't lead people on because I'm for TRR. And the rose tonight goes to charity. That zero pointer quote date rose and Zach leaves. And then <laughs> if I may, if I may, this group date rose. I wish this part didn't happen. Me too. Uh, but this rose, this is almost all group date roses are decisions made by producers. So they gave this rose to somebody that was not Christina, I believe specifically to see what she would do to make her mad, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't make her mad, but it it ultimately has the same effect. Because right after this, they're all sitting around talking. Charity says she needed that validation, so she's happy. Happy. Well, it's also saying that Charity is the 4TRR one, and Charity is on the other side of Christina. Yes, I agree. And Mandrell says, I'm confused. I'm mad it wasn't me. And Mandrell taking the spotlight from Charity in this group date moment was my... Error, 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 error of the game. You can't do this. And Brooklyn knows it. Brooklyn tastes that blood in the water to take a phrase from Dark Lord Harrison's new podcast, the most dramatic <laughs> podcast in the history of man or whatever. Brooklyn comes after her. She says, uh... Every all the, every time we sit down, you're making shit about you. Charity produces tears. Catherine tells her, um, this isn't making sense. And Brooklyn ITMs that Mandrell stole Charity's moment. Brooklyn tells Mandrell that she makes every situation about her. Charity then storms off. Catherine says, Mandrell, you're not focused on the fact that we lost one of our best friends. We can discuss this when the emotions have died down, but you're talking in circles and it doesn't help. Kylie ITMs that Mandrell doesn't respect them and something needs to be said to Zach soon so you know this group tattle's coming up. Brooklyn then wonders out loud if Mandrell was ever considering shutting the fuck up. Oh my God, that was my line of the episode. Incredible. (laughs) Devastating, but incredible. Then we get this senior casting card. And so now at this point in the game, you're watching this. If you're a Mandrell fan, which I am, I'm a fucking Mandrell fan. Oh yeah. You're watching this wondering, can she dig herself out of this hole? And there's only a couple of ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And some of the things are potentially even beyond her control. No matter how good of a player you are, if certain things happen, it's like near impossible to get out of it. And you're seeing one of those things, which is a group tattle, starting to manifest right here. You even had a player saying, it's time to tell Zach in an ITM. You know you're fucked at that point. By the way. Especially early season. Everything in this episode, so many of the lines are off face more than any other episode this season. Oh, the editing in this thing? I don't know what the fuck actually happened. Nothing that we're seeing really happened in that order, in that time frame. It's all over the fucking place. Yeah. I was watching that trying to be like, wait a minute. She cleared that must have happened before. This must have happened after. They those editors did a pretty good job of piecing this together in a narrative way that kind of makes sense, but it's a fucking it's a hatchet job to be sure. They had to set certain things up to look certain ways in this. Absolutely. Nonetheless, uh we get a senior casting card uh before we go into portion seven. <laughs> And then we are in the mansion. It's day. Davi is telling the other players that Bailey got sent home. Anastasia's ITMing that the vibe is solemn with Bailey leaving. And Gabby ITMs that Zach is not here to play games. He knows what he wants. That sounds like somebody who read the fucking book to me. 
If you're saying not here to play games, you're playing a game, right? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think they all read the book now. Fuck. Except maybe a couple. We... <laughs> <laughs> We get this fake wedding taught into skydiving second one-on-one date for Allie. And Zach is standing there in a wedding taught under this floral arch. This cool sunglasses man opens the door for Allie in her wedding dress. And Zach shows her what their date's going to be. They're jumping out of the plane in these outfits. Her dress is loose. I am concerned. I would be very worried yeah. things were going to happen. But uh, By the way, if I may, yeah. Uh, right as they pull up in the limo to the plane, uh, one Zachary Shawcross gets an ITM. In it, he simply says, I'm looking for my best friend. That's number five. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I... <laughs> My document must have glitched. I missed that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just look. I'm trying to do it in a kind of funny way. Mm. But the truth is, these motherfuckers are just cracking our goddamn skull with the best friend stick every goddamn portion. We are being (laughs) tortured with the best friend stick. (laughs) I get it. This man doesn't have a friend. He needs a best friend. I understand. He could not make a best friend through grade school, high school, or college. I get it. He needs a best friend. He hates solo showers. He needs someone to scrub him down like Goldini. Goldini's already got a best friend. He can't give up his old best friend to have a new best friend. God, yeah. Goldie's not even coming back. He's only zooming him back. Best friends do <laughs> yeah. IRL Council of Crowns. Yeah, exactly. Goldini was like, look, I agreed to come to the uh after the final rose of last season. I agreed to scrub him down in the shower and eat a sandwich while he worked out. I did not agree to anything else. If you want me in this show, it's a FaceTime now, motherfucker. Yeah. I want to see that contract. It's like it's like two IRL appearances flying to LA and then like Three Zoom calls over the course yeah, of this season. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this skydiving instructor who is super energetic gets them all harnessed up and gets Allie feeling like James Bond. I would love to see Allie play James Bond. And we see a sign for danger. Propellers rip off heads. Oh, my. And... We see Allie is sitting in in an instructor's lap on the plane. She ITMs. Her heart is racing. She had sensation of needing restroom. That's a hint to piss play right there. (laughs) (laughs) And Allie jumps with her instructor. And Zach jumps with a green helmet instructor. And Zach is swearing while he's wearing this tuxedo in an image that made every trailer of the season. And that's why this green helmet instructor who made the trailer was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Mm. The last time we did this on The Bachelor, Rachel Kirkconnell got hurt. Yeah. And this skydiving instructor... Got him there safe, yep. no IFIs. 
that skydiving instructor for Kirkconnell in 25 too broke his leg. Oh, Jesus. Remember that? I had to go deep into the uh, <laughs> skydiving forums on Reddit to find that information, but I did find it. Skydiving forums. <laughs> I spent about half a fucking day just reading skydiving forums after that episode because I needed to figure out what was going on. You know what? We got to come up with a list of our all-time screams, and that has to be on yours. <laughs> that I went into fucking skydiving forums after seeing the most devastating skydiving accident in the history of our beloved game? I feel like that had to be done. I feel like that was obligation. All right. Speed agree. But I would say this skydiving date was much more <laughs> reminiscent for me of season 23, Colton Underwood skydiving date. Um, it just was a fun, looked fun anyway. They had them in funny clothes. Mm -hmm. They're skydiving in, in wedding outfits. You know, it was good. They looked like they were having fun. Yeah. Ali says that was fantastic. Not going to lie. They do this kind of standing hooju and make out. And the producer says heart still racing after they kiss, and Allie says, yes, but for different reasons. Nice. That's very James Bond. And then we get this weird thing that I've never seen before. Coming up on The Bachelor, fun in the sun. It's a pool party. And they have the words coming up on The Bachelor, like, superimposed over it. What the fuck is this? It's a promo for the next portion. It's not even in the next portion. There's two pool party promos before it comes up in the next. You know what that says to me? This is just, this is, I don't know this for a fact, but this is what it says to me. When you get viewing information of a television show, when a network gets that information, they can tell when people are checking out. So it's like people, I think they got some information, data, that says people are checking out halfway through your fucking episodes because they're so boring. And they're like, shit, how do we remedy this? And this is what they're attempting. That is what I truly think it is. Yeah, it they... There's like close-ups of tits and ass. It's like the boob zone has been brought back. I was I was very shocked by this. I fucking wrote that down too. Well, I mean, we'll get to it. That's in the pool party. But fuck, I couldn't believe some of those shots. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is 2003. Yeah. It's unreal. Anyway, portion eight begins. Night portion of the one-on-one -on -one date. Allie's ITMing, feeling good. She expected him to make her feel special and wanted. He did that but she did not expect him to sweep her off her feet. Such an amazing day. They come to a building in downtown Los Angeles called the Bradbury Building. It's the oldest building in downtown Los Angeles' commercial district. And it might seem a little familiar to you. If it does, that means you have a good memory because this building is exactly where Goldini took Leslie Hughes in episode four of season 17 for her pretty woman date on which... She was benevolently dismissed. You see, they are making these one-on-one -on -one dates just like Goldini's. I couldn't believe it. This was my Goldini moment of the week. It's the same <laughs> fucking building. It's the same exact fucking building. It's a gorgeous building. It, they go in this really cool elevator. Sure. When they got in that elevator, I was like, is that Goldini's elevator? <laughs> I feel like they've probably done it more than that. They might have, but I definitely remembered, remembered it from that. And I was like, am I right about this? And I plugged in my little hard drive that has a folder on it that's called the document. And I clicked on the document <laughs> and 25 seasons of The Bachelor, other folders separated out. And I clicked on season 17, <laughs> episode four. And I fast forwarded to about 37 minutes into that episode. And I saw Goldini get in the same elevator. Elevator and Zach Shellcross. <laughs> that was my Goldini moment. 
I couldn't fucking believe it. I literally couldn't fucking believe it. That's a beautiful Goldini moment. Oh, shit. Anyway. What, you're not going to do any FaceTimes Goldini? No. That, I don't know. FaceTimes are cheap to me. Anybody can FaceTime Goldini. Yeah, exactly. The Easter eggs are where the Goldini diamonds are mined. Uh, Allie loads walls with Sean, uh, with Sean Lowe, lol, with Zach Shalcross, and says tonight she wants to open up. This was a weird wall loading when they're sitting down. She's kind of talking in circles about past relationships and she controls things as a mechanism. She's type A to avoid being hurt. She's not really saying anything. She doesn't play a PTC. He even tries to help her by going, well, it sounds like you put yourself second in other relationships, right? Isn't that what you're saying? Isn't that your PTC? And she just kind of fucking rolls with it. It's not played well here, but, you know, it, uh, it gets the job done. He calls her kick-ass a couple of times. He touches flower. Kick-ass sounds like good on paper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, I don't know, though, because he's also looking for a best friend. I could see you calling your best friend kick-ass. But he touches flower, and he says this rose means to him the chance of having their, her there another week growing the relationship. She gets that rose. They kiss. Uh, he ITMs being blown away by her. And just as Goldini had on his date... But again, because he did the benevolent execution of Leslie Hughes, she didn't get the second part of it. But Goldini also had a private concert. And so here they get a private concert from Griffin Palmer. He has 7,757 Instagram followers. And they dance around to his song. They kiss a couple of times. Uh, she ITMs. It was the most romantic date she's been on. Falling out of the sky was scary, but falling in love with him could be worth it. I feel like that's a producer line. Really, that was a tough one, tough line to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and she said she could see herself falling in love with Zach in an ITM. So that is a loaded love level two. That, yeah, that seems like completely. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we get this fucking pool party promo again. Fun and drama. DLP promises us. What is that? Is that like another like Love Island attempt to like make it like sexier? It's definitely that. And as good as that fucking Bachelor Bowl 5 shit was, the shit that they're doing here seems real last minute thrown together. It's literally just fucking text over the screen in like knockout letters. It's it's just if you're going to do these things, fucking make them slick. Yeah. Fucking draw our attention to it. Have them do a bunch of slow-mo like sexy dances by the pool. Or some kind of fucking transition into this. I didn't even know the first time I saw this. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Are we still in the show? You can't even tell that it's a promo because they just cut directly into it. There's nothing to transition your brain into being like, oh, this is what's coming next. It was just done poorly. They need help here. Portion 9 begins though. We're at the mansion. Brooklyn is nervous but excited to see him. Brianna ITMs that she felt like they had a spark, but things have eroded. Greer is confident about her connection. Christina ITMs that she's feeling good because she met his family, but she's not here to make friends. N-H-T-M-F. Christina, why would you do this to me? Why would you do this to me, Christina? When they ask you to say that, on camera don't do it because they're going to use it in a villain edit they're going to and they did it of course here it, this this was um this was a knife to the heart nonetheless dlp shows up <laughs> he tells all the players there's a roast ceremony tonight but Dak, zach doesn't want to have a cocktail party 
Gabby, we get a shot of her literally crossing her fingers. Love to see that. Instead, of course, Shawcross wants that pool party. Big cheers. False cocktail party, pool party, Shawcross 180. <laughs> so, DOP says he's here. He's on his way here right now. Get your swimsuits on. Get ready for some fun in the sun. And we get straight boob shots. I, I wrote, this is a return to the early 2003 boobs, boob zone. I couldn't believe it. I, I, this was a choice. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was a choice. <laughs> I mean, not only was it a choice. What is that? Why? Think about this. Think about this. I believe it. I don't know who it was. Maybe Greer. It's Greer. Greer. She applies sunscreen to her tits and slaps her ass. And you don't see her head, right? Like her her head is cut off in that shot, right? Yeah, they zoom down the bod. So in that shot, one of two things is true. Mm-hmm. The camera person cut her fucking head off in the shot, literally just was like, I'm going to get a shot of her boobs. Or the editor and a producer in the editing bay was like, digitally zoom in, cut her head off. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely 100% a real solid fucking choice that they're throwing up on screen. Very interesting. Mm, I wonder if some sort of tech scan could be done to figure out which one it was. I don't know. Depends on what they shot it on. Anyways... (laughs) We're back in the boob zone, I guess. And Kat cheerses to goofy moods. Uh, okay. It's uh, a good cheers. Zach joins in and Gabby says, I knew your thighs would be out. Take it off. And he says, soft launch chest hair. And... Gabby rubs him down with sunscreen and says, everyone jealous. Fantastic play. Huh. Now, this is uh, definitely some shit in our book. We talk about pool parties. We talk about all kinds of situations you're going to be in. Reader behavior. Yeah, it definitely is. We talk a lot about how you should find little activities to generate one-on-one time, to single yourself out. If you're on a group date where, for example, they're going to break all the the players up into like groups of two to cook something or to get in boats or whatever, make sure you're partnered with the bachelor. Here, she does just that. She creates a partnership out of nothing. He's going to need some sunscreen. Here you go. And sunscreen is for TRR. Yeah, brilliant play. Zach then cooks some uh, hot dogs and other corpse. And he tells Davia that he hopes everybody's having a good time. She says she hopes there's no chicken fights. He says he didn't even think of that. He didn't even think of that. What do you mean, Zach Shalacross? You'd never thought there could be a chicken fight at a pool party. He's faking here. He knows there was going to be a chicken fight. This happens in every pool party. And we see, indeed, the, the chicken fight. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well... Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist-recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. 
Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. But then we get some one-on-one time with Ariel in the hot tub. He says it's a lot, but he enjoys this and his time with her kiss. The kiss doesn't go well. There's more boob zone references. I would she say, like, I had a good time with Zach, even if he wasn't looking at my eyes. Yeah. Um, so they do a couple of retakes on the kiss here. Seems like she's got some good chemistry play going. And she makes a joke about him touching her butt. More chemistry play. She kind of reminds me of Jacqueline Trumbull. Yes, I saw that as well. Uh, good player. You can kiss me again if you want. He says, I'll lift you. And they play sex music. So she's like the sex, sexy mm-hmm. bombshell. And he loads love level one for Ariel. I think she says, touch my butt. There's some, there's some very uh, strong chemistry play going on here. We got one-on-one time with Jess. She says she has stopped shaking. She's more comfortable. Excited to see where it can go. I like kissing you. Make out. One-on-one with Christina Mandrell. Things seem to be going fine. They're playing ping pong. She's collapsing down onto the table. That should have been another indication. I know. God damn it. This was just, all of this was very hard to watch, but eventually we get to Brianna in Brooklyn discussing how Brianna is emotional. She hasn't had a good experience. She ITMs being raw. She's confused that some of these women can have such deep feelings because she feels like there's nothing there with Zach romantically. And then we see her one-on-one time with him and she says it was a tough day for her. Heartbreaking to hear that he felt uh, she had her walls up and she asked him why he's feeling this way. He says it feels off. She feels guarded. He says it didn't seem real with her. It feels unnatural. And she says she's trying so hard to open up, but she's planning to leave. She thinks he's (laughs) handsome and amazing, but it can't be forced. And the connection didn't get off the ground because of hard things she's been going through in the house. A lot of the girls in the house have had intimidation with this person, she alludes to, And since she's planning to leave, she is comfortable sharing this. The person everyone is having a hard time with is Christina Mandrell. She made Charity cry after you gave her the group day rose. She made me cry several times. We should be able to feel safe and not intimidated. Produces tears, sealing it with that 4TR. And then she self-eliminates. And this parting shot, kamikaze move by Brianna. Was my play, 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 play of the game. 
Pace Case and I never advocate for self-elimination. But here... Yeah, it's a self-elimination. How is it your play? Because it destroys what I think was the greatest player of the season. In this move, she takes out the number one contender. I mean, we'll come to find that out later. But right. it, it was just... Because she's self-eliminating, like the power you have in an early self-elimination is I'm not benefiting from what I'm telling you. Mm. I'm leaving anyway. You just need to know the truth. And the truth is Christina Mandrell is intimidating people. It's a 4TRR tattle if you're on your way out. I don't, again, I don't like the play of self-elimination. Yeah, I think I'm biased because I don't, well, I don't like the end result of this, but. <laughs> no, neither do I. I wish Mandrell was still in the game. Yeah. But the the fact of it is she took out what I who I believe is the best player in the season. And yes, she made a fucking bunch of errors this game, but like this, this is a bold thing to do to basically say like, I'm out of here. That player's a pile of shit and it winds up working. Nonetheless, Zach ITM is being shocked. He feels bad about her leaving. Brianna tells the other players she's leaving. We get the tears and the hugs here and Zach ITMs that it is mind boggling. The other women are not opening up because of this intimidation and uh, it not being a safe space. So he's got to figure out what's going on as we begin portion 10. Tears from Charity, Katie, and Mercedes, by the way. I think these are important. Portion 9, we see a pool toy is wrecked, representing how the sexy pool party has gone awry. Gabby says she's sad to lose a friend, and Mendel says she meant a lot to me. And Charity says, well, there were other variables going on with her leaving. Uh, Zach comes over, says tough Brianna conversation said others said some people are making people uncomfortable and can't be vulnerable. I want to hear what's going on. You know, I'm no bullshit. So he's best friends and no bullshit and four TRR. And he pulls first Christina Mandrell. Yeah. I always like, I got to say when a lead is, is, uh, prompted into an investigation, this is one of the only things you're going to have to do as a lead. There's a few things you have to do, especially in late season. But in main season, you basically just got to go on dates, look for your outs, look for who you're going to dismiss and why and, and still remain, you know, on the up and up, not look like a villain bachelor. And you have to do investigations from time to time. When there's trouble <laughs> afoot, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to get to the bottom of it. And you need witnesses. And the first witness in this case is the, the target of the investigation, Mandrell. He says, women in the house feel hurt and insecure because of you. I'm shocked. And she says, I've I've been confronted. I'm rubbing two people the wrong way. I'm, I, I'm outgoing and loud. And people think it's me wanting to be center of attention. I think it's, you know, maybe because I met your family. I thought it was clarified and settled. She thought she had buried the hatchet. She produces tears. He grasps upwards at the gods and set, and yells, time. You know, time is so important in this game. And Mandrell says it would be a mistake to believe this. I I full heartedly mean that. A real bummer. He says, here to find a... Best friend. Sixth mansion. And have to deal with stuff like this. <laughs> uh, she says she doesn't want to be a victim. She's producing tears all throughout this and says, I get why you have to do this, obviously. But it doesn't make sense to me. She starts pleading, help me, help me, help me. He's like, I got to <laughs> think about everything. And he helps her up and hugs her. And Mandrell ITM is not expecting this. She doesn't want anyone to hurt because of something she did. I don't know what else she could have done in this situation. I mean, the the help me, help me, help me. She's conveyed this persona that is, for lack of a better phrase, kick ass. Somebody who is confident, in control, knows mm -hmm. what she wants, is fun, is flirty, all of these things. 
And here, all of that goes away. So even if she's trying to rely on her first audience game, she's tanking it here because she's presenting another persona. That the whole thing, like whatever she was to him, is now crying and her going, help me, help me, help me. She's trying to go hardcore victim. And I don't think, I don't think you could have done that here. I mean, I don't know if it would have worked any better to go the opposite route, to be like, listen, I don't know what you're what they're telling you. And yeah, this is a hard situation. It's it's 30 women living in this house all dating you at the same time. People's toes get stepped on. And I'm not trying to do that if it has happened. Like it's my apologies. I've apologized to everybody who's come to me. And people have done things to me too. But I'm not bringing that to you. Because I don't want to cause drama. I'm here for our connection. I don't mm -hmm. care about the other shit. Maybe you could have taken the high road. Maybe that would have been a little better. I don't know. I, I just feel like she she got nailed to the wall here. Yeah, it's it's tough to watch. I, I don't agree. know what you do to to fend this off. I I almost am like the situation has put pressure on me, and maybe I've been drinking too much or something like that, or like I don't know. I don't know. Like, what can you do? The it's the problem is it's it's too early in the season, and then he's got a fucking you know. A hundred other fucking witnesses that he calls. You get fucking Brooklyn coming in and saying like, yeah, she was an asshole at the fucking group date. Yeah, made Charity cry after getting the group date rose. And then Charity herself is like, she took my fucking moment. And of course, that's the end of it. I changed my stance on who I think is responsible after going back to the document. And I, and I do think it was her error. <laughs> yeah, she fucked this whole thing up. In my mind, I was like, oh, the producers could have saved her somehow, but... I don't know how they would have. Yeah. But then DLP comes out, says pool party's over. Uh, I'll see you guys at the rose ceremony. Mandrell ITM's not wanting to go home because they have a good connection. But how do you say three girls, uh, one who went home because of you are lying? She literally says that. Like, how do I get out of this? She's already doing game mechanics in this ITM. And she, even she realizes I'm fucking, I'm done. Portion 11 begins. The players come into the rose ceremony. Mandrell ITMs that it looks bad for her. She has three enemies that are stopping connections in the house. She wants to be here because she has a crazy weird connection with him. Tears. It will be a bummer if she goes home. Wait, sorry. Can we go back yeah. to where she's crying? Sure. She is crying in this one shot where there's a smoothie next to her and she's sobbing on the staircase. Then we see her crying somewhere else on the floor between these two little tables and mm. then dark lord palmer tells everyone pool party's over zach can't continue we're going straight to rose and then they cut to mendrell in a different place on the floor and mercedes walks by crying mandrell on the floor and then ariel's the second person and does an stco to mandrell on the floor god I mean, this whole thing, the, the crying on the floor on the stairs. First of all, those are the Lukowski stairs, by the way. So I believe Mandrell is a student of this game. Yeah, and I believe this was an homage to Lukowski from season 17, Goldini. Agree. But to see her in all these different locations. As someone who's fallen on those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to think to yourself, what is going on? How long has she just been rolling around on the ground in various locations crying? And the producers are just like, yeah, get it all. We'll use what get we it want. Is <laughs> <laughs> the shot between the two tables is beautiful. It was I agree. Art. And then seeing like Mercedes see her and walk by. Yeah. <laughs> but the, just yeah, going, eh, just like, fuck this. I'm not getting involved. Because they can sense she's a sinking ship. 
portion 11 then begins. This is the rose ceremony. Mandrell is ITMing that it looks bad for her and she has these enemies in the house. Uh, produces tears and says it'll be a bummer if she goes home because of a misunderstanding. This is not a misunderstanding, though. Zach enters, and he tells them all he's struggling. This is so important. He doesn't want to make these decisions, but he has to. They're not easy. It's going to be harder from here on out. Blah, blah, blah. Kind of standard uh, early to mid-season inauguration speech here of the rose ceremony. Genevieve is in an unexplained sling at this rose ceremony. Unexplained? She played in the Bachelor Bowl. They don't say she got injured in it. They don't talk about it at all. Yeah. I mean, I think they want to keep it on the like, oh, nobody really got fucked up. And she didn't get the group date, Rose. So (laughs) they can't show her going to fucking ambulance and not give her the group date, Rose. You know what I mean? Right. Nonetheless, uh, we see Jess gets the first flower, Gabby, Ariel, then Genevieve wearing the sling, Uh, Greer, Catherine, Kylie, Davia, Anastasia, Brooklyn. We know if Mandrell is going to get a rose, it's obviously going to be the last rose. And Zach ITMs, after DLP says this is the final rose tonight, Zach ITMs that this is the most difficult internal battle he's ever had. I'm going to repeat that. Zach Shawcross says that handing out the 11th rose in the third week of the 27th season of The Bachelor is the most difficult internal battle he's ever had. That man's leading a good goddamn life. And he gives his 11th rose to Mercedes. He has. He has had a good life, it seems like. Yes. Um, But this is it. Mercedes gets that last rose. DLP comes out and says, Christina, I'm sorry. Tamsig, take a moment to say your goodbyes. And that's it. The best player they had this season is fucking gone. He walks her out. She tells him that she hopes he meets his best friend. That's number seven. And he wishes her. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Well, I mean, it does a couple of things, too. It's not just for him. That's for the producers being like, I can play the game, motherfuckers. I know this is your best friend season. I'll give you a final line. He wishes her the best, and she is gone. Her exit speech right now just kind of hurts. Zach blew me away. I didn't expect to like him as much as I did, and so fast. And she hopes he finds his person. Doesn't say best friend here. Sadly, it's not her. And we get tears from her. He then tells those that remain that it gets harder from here on out. We're doing some awesome stuff in the future. They all cheers. Next up, the Bahamas. Good food, good vibes. A lot of Zach. Deep feelings, fireworks. It feels so good. Tears. Somebody wants to go home. All fair in the game of love. Book reference. Someone's here for social media and personal gain. Book reference. For the wrong reasons, attack. He needs to get to the bottom of something. He can't, and they can't hide the truth forever. And then we get this weird tag with um, Brooklyn and some other players discussing the ick and what gives them the ick. This was like the bargain version of the Christina Mandrell uh, Kegels discussion. If I may, Mm -hmm. these tags are written by producers. They tell the players to say exactly what they're saying. This was just a weak writing job. When haven't you mayn't? That's the third or fourth, if I may. This if, episode. <laughs> you, you have your if I may count. Well, that was it. That was the uh, third game this season. A big game. A lot happened in this game. We got to see some very incredible stuff with the Bachelor Bowl number five. Loved how that was produced. Loved how that was edited. That was my that was my favorite part of this episode for sure. Love Storm. My least favorite part was, of course. Um, Christina Mandrell just fucking knocking herself out of the game, basically. Can't believe it happened, but mm-hmm. it did. 
and we must live now in a post-Mandrell world or hope that she can come back on Paradise or maybe she's still the Bachelorette. I don't know. I'm still I'm still hoping. And that DLP casting card about the single dads gave me hope. But when do you give your next Bachelorette a villain edit? I don't know. I agree. It's We're living in a strange world. But nonetheless, I hope someone will emerge from this season as a better Bachelorette candidate, if that's even possible, which I don't think it is. We shall see. But who was your MVP for this game, Pace Case? For her play of the game, for TRR Tears, for her for TRR Good Girl, Heartbreak PTC, uh, kind of mirroring Zach's like kind of goofy running around the museum vibe. Katie was my M M M M V P. I feel like she could be ring winner final four. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't get that vibe at all. I think she's a very mid-season floater type player. Nonetheless, Katie was also my M M M M M V P. <laughs> we don't have much of a choice here um, that, you know, I can't give it to Brianna who had my play of the game because she also self-eliminated. I can't give it to Mandrell because we saw what happened there. Uh, so who else do I really have to choose from? Allie, who I thought did not play a very good charity. Uh, yeah, charity. She played an okay group date. I just felt Allie didn't play a very strong one-on-one. She got the rose, but her one-on-one conversation in the night portion was all over the place. Um, but I agree with you. Katie did make some very strong plays. I thought she handled the one-on-one overnight date expertly in terms of being able to work with the second audience still and said all the right things on it. Played a PTC, got the rose, et cetera, et cetera. So she gets my MVP, but that's it. Yeah, she has like a Lauren Lyondike vibe to me. Yep, I agree. Um, but that's it. That wraps up our, our coverage of this game. We hope you've enjoyed it. And we are still on that book watch. We believe it will happen this season. And of course, we are still on that off contract with Courtney Robertson watch. It's going to be up to episode (laughs) two this week. And so we hope you will tune in for that. God, we have so many stats to keep track of now. (laughs) (laughs) We're on too many watches. Uh, But we, we thank you all for joining us. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,624 days without an Asian bachelor. Bet you thought that was the end of the episode. Well, it's not because I forgot to record my one award when Allie gets this gorgeous gown delivered to her, a pretty woman style event that she recognizes is super, super special. She squints her eyes. She clenches her teeth together and she raises her eyebrows to an astronomical height and she gets my... Face play of the game. 
I remember that face play. It was a good one, and we hope you all enjoyed. Oh man, that is hilarious. Pace case just showed it to me. But we hope you all enjoyed this uh That's really good. this bonus segment, this bonus face play. <laughs> the post game breakdown of the face play. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 